Hey friends, before we dive into the episode today, I wanted to personally invite you to Mic Check Retreat, the retreat for podcasters that's happening this June in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm hosting it and I can't wait for you to join us. So in this three-day retreat, we're going to kick off with a welcome mixer. Then on day two, dive into all things education and workshops. Then day three, we're going to continue those workshops and even have some time for implementation. At this retreat, we are going to be focused on making your podcast work for you, but also connecting with other podcasters to see what's working for them. So make sure you head to micchecksociety.com, find the information about the retreat, and grab your early bird ticket today. I hope to see you there. Back to the episode. Are you constantly running into issues with your clients that could be avoided if you made one simple change in your process or workflow? Using client feedback to improve your experience is always important, but sometimes it takes a matter of going through the process you've set up for your client to realize what's missing, something that sometimes neither of you can see from where you're coming from. In today's episode, I'm sharing why this is important, how I do this myself in creating my own podcast, and what I learned in the process. Hey y'all, welcome to the Clocking In Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and professionals making their way in the working world. I'm your host, Haley Gaffin. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Gaffin Creative, a podcast production company for creative entrepreneurs. Learn more about our services at gaffincreative.com. Plus, you'll also find resources, show notes, and more for the Clocking In podcast. So let's clock in and get to work. So if you're a business owner or you work for a brand that has clients, you've probably learned client after client that there may be something missing in your workflow or process. Maybe it's a confirmation email, maybe it's a line in your contract or a consult call, or maybe you think your system is flawless. Here's the reality. I don't believe that any system is flawless. Maybe for a short period of time, but after a few days or weeks or months, something interferes. Let me give you an example. As many of you know, I have a studio in Chattanooga that I rent out to other photographers. I feel like I have my studio rental process down to a T. So recently I went back through every single email template to update the rules for my studio because I had moved some cameras around inside and just needed to let my clients know and be aware of them for privacy reasons. In making that update, I realized that I had a state of Tennessee COVID recommendation link where I encouraged my clients to follow the guidelines of the state for COVID precautions. I put this in the email in May of 2020. When I clicked on that link in May of 2021, it was a broken link. They had restructured their site. When? I have no idea. But for the last year, I've been sending this email out to renters guiding them to information that doesn't exist. That system that I thought was so perfected had probably been linking incorrectly for at least a few months. But in my mind, I thought it was perfect. So before we jump too far into this episode, I want you to listen with an open mindset that there is always room for improvement in all areas of your business, but especially in your client experience. So what does a client experience entail? 
It's so different for every industry and person and creative and even based on your services. Like my simple headshots and the studio clients do not get the same experience as my brand photo shoot clients. And that's because my headshot clients aren't paying for a custom service that's tailored to their needs, whereas my branding clients are. My emails are different, my contracts are different, and my time commitment and the relationship I build with these clients are vastly different. So as we go through this episode, I want you to think about your profession, business, services, etc. And look at the most popular or most profitable component of your business. What's bringing in the most money? And let's go through that service. We're going to walk through three things you need to ensure are a part of your client experience or process and do somewhat of a mini audit. Now, this is not the end all be all of client experience. It's just a simple starting point to make sure that you have a few things in your system or that you're at least reviewing them. So let's walk through the first component. Your CRM, also known as a customer relationship manager, will play a huge role in your client experience. A CRM is a tool that allows you to manage communication, client information, projects, and more, all within your business to keep you organized. For my business, I use HoneyBook every single day. All of my inquiries from forms on my website funnel into HoneyBook and I'm notified via email. Then I share service brochures, proposals, invoices, contracts, and more, all from templates I've built over the last few years. In addition to that, I have email templates for every step of the process for every single service that I offer within HoneyBook. Now, this is not a sponsored episode, but if you head to the link in my show notes at gaffincreative.com slash 015, you'll find my HoneyBook affiliate link that will get you a free week and 50% off your first year. So I've been an avid HoneyBook user for almost three years now, and I've never been more organized in managing my clients. So if you're not using a CRM, I highly recommend that you give HoneyBook a try. And if you are using a CRM, whether it's HoneyBook or a different one, this is where it's important to understand if you're using it to its fullest capabilities. So let's answer a few questions. One, are your inquiries funneling to one central location or are you managing them all in emails and text messages and Instagram and Facebook? Let's narrow that down to one place. Like for me, it's email, which is funneled into my CRM. So I make every single client coordinate with me through email in order to book me. Now, the second thing I want you to ask yourself is are you having to build out a custom brochure or proposal each time someone inquires with you? I understand that not every offering will be the exact same thing. You may not use the exact same brochure or proposal and you might have a custom service. For me, I do. I have a custom podcast service that is based on what a client needs me to do. But that's where I've created templates that are customizable. Not one of my clients are booking the same thing. They all start out from the same template and I just remove the items that they're not booking. Now, the third thing I want you to look at is are you writing custom emails to every single client that is essentially saying the same thing? I have so many email templates in HoneyBook that range from simple ones like, I'm unavailable, 
But here are a few other dates, all the way to full-blown processes of 12 emails or more for my podcast launch clients to send out reminders and details they need through their launch process. So find what emails you are constantly sending out and let's make templates for those so that you don't have to do it all the time and write a custom email every single time. Now, I will put the caveat in there. If you want to send a custom email, you can absolutely customize these emails based on your template. But having that starting point with all the detailed information that you know you need to tell them is so important to just start. So the fourth thing that I want you to look at in your CRM and ask yourself is, are you getting paid on time and prior to providing your services? I think this is the most important one for me because I've gotten to the point in my business that if you don't pay a deposit, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to leave my house because I don't know that you're going to pay it, especially when you are providing services for people you've never met before. So headshots are a great example. I will not book you unless you pay a deposit. And I will not show up to your session unless I have your money because I've been ghosted too many times and I know I'm not alone in that. And the same thing happens with podcast clients. You are not on my books until I have a deposit from you. And that deposit is required when you sign your contract. And that's all done all within HoneyBook. I'm being paid on time. I'm getting contracts signed and I'm officially calling my clients clients when I have a signature within HoneyBook and that deposit paid. Now, those are just a few things to look for in utilizing your CRM to ensure you're creating a great experience for your clients. But what else can you do? So let's talk about the second thing you need to do overall in your client experience. And that is to review every single email communication template you've created. And if you haven't, Now's the best time to work through what that could look like. So I want to share an example to give you an idea of what types of emails I'm talking about. So for my headshots and the studio clients, I have a particular day that they can book every single month. And it's a discounted rate from my standard headshot rate, which they can book anytime. It's about $50 more. So the headshots and the studio clients pay $99 for three headshots. In that small service that they are booking, they get a total of six emails through the process. The first email that they get is a brochure with my headshot in the studio option that they inquire about typically, or if they're just inquiring about headshots in general, they get this brochure as well. But they get the brochure with my headshots in the studio option, my regular headshot rate on any day, and then a branding session option because sometimes my potential clients want to upgrade because it fits their needs better, because they need more images than just a standard headshot on a white backdrop. The second is a proposal email after they've selected what service they want and are ready to book. So they'll get a proposal attached to an email that's customized to them with details in it. After they book, they get a confirmation email with a reminder to select their time on that date if they haven't already from a calendar link. Then two days before their shoot, 
they receive a reminder email that includes their session date and time, along with the rules for when to arrive in the studio, how long it'll take, and the address of the studio. And the only thing I have to customize in that email is the date and time of their shoot, which is already plugged into HoneyBook. After their session, they get a proof email, which would be the fifth email they receive from me, to review their 15 photos and select their three favorites that get edited. Typically, they send those back. Once they select their three, I'll edit those photos, and then I'll send them the final email with the final edits. All of those are templated. I don't have to think about anything I write in any of those emails. Now, occasionally, I'll have to customize a response if they want more editing or if they want to buy more photos or if they're looking for a more custom project with more people in it. But essentially, I use those same six emails and just plug in a date or a link. Now, when reviewing those emails after each headshot date, I typically find something I want to add. For example, I decided to add in the reminder email after I had a no-call no-show. I also added in the address of the studio to the brochure email so that the first email they get has my studio address because I had someone book without looking up where I was located and then realizing that I was an hour and a half away from them and they weren't necessarily willing to make the drive for such a small booking. Now, each and every client is going to teach you something new about your business, your communication, and your overall experience if you let them. I'm reminded of this anytime I book a new client or run into what feels like an issue because most of the time those issues can be avoided through communication and a better client experience. Again, my processes are not perfect. My workflows are not perfect. And every single month I'm finding new things to do to improve my email communication. So at the beginning of the year, I decided to revamp my podcast launch experience. I wanted every client that went through it to feel like I did everything I could and that they had never thought of and they never had to ask for anything. Once I mapped out the full experience, I created emails to guide the process and resources to go along with them. I did this by doing all the things I just recommended to you. Then I did the third thing that I want to recommend that you do, and that is walk yourself through the client experience. Put yourself in your client's shoes. Become your own client. So how did I do this? I launched my own podcast based on my own client workflow. And there were a few things I took away from it. So let me share those. So in my launch process, there are a lot of moving factors. And it's a lot to keep up with. So some of my clients may need reminder emails at the beginning and end of every week, depending on the client. So I created a weekly email for my launch clients based on where they are in the process, along with a follow-up email just in case that client is the type of person that kind of needs a reminder, like myself. In addition to those emails, I also realized that my clients needed a workbook to better guide them through the podcast launch process and what tasks involve their work. So I created just that a workbook that guides new podcasters through a podcast launch and helps them create the assets they need in order to launch their podcast. It focuses solely on the tasks that they will be doing, but it's something that will help them organize and get everything out of their mind and onto paper. 
The final thing I realized my podcast launch clients needed to understand was just how much money they'll be spending outside of my services like gear, hosting, music, and more. So I created a podcast budget worksheet that is free for download at gaffincreative.com slash podcast budget. Now those were a few things I realized that needed to be improved on for my client experience after going through my own podcast launch process as a client. But what was even more apparent to me was something I definitely didn't consider when approaching this process. I 100% expected to find flaws in my own system. It was a brand new program and experience that I was putting together. But sometimes you find opportunities to improve your services in ways that you weren't looking for. So after launching my podcast on March 1st, it felt easy to just push out. I had some ideas that I brainstormed and topics I wanted to cover, but I found two major flaws in my ongoing system that I wasn't offering a solution for to my clients. The first one was that I wasn't helping guide them through content creation and developing a library of potential topics to pull from at a later date. This meant that after a few weeks, their podcast may go silent. And some of them did when I first started because no one was guiding them to create. No one was guiding them in topics or ideas. And sometimes it just gets overwhelming. So I implemented two things that have helped. The first is included within the podcast launch workbook. My clients are now brainstorming their first three months of content ideas. Now these are not set in stone. But this means that they're working ahead to always have an idea while the podcast plan is fresh on their mind. The second thing is I started requiring a monthly commitment versus a per episode commitment. For most of my clients, this is a huge accountability motivator in producing their show. Obviously, I know things happen, so it's flexible, but it's not going to be because they couldn't come up with a show idea to talk about. Now, the second flaw I found in the experience I was giving to my clients was that I was not requesting or encouraging them to have a content bank. And a content bank is used for when emergencies happen or an interview gets pushed. So what that means is many of my clients are batching their content. They'll sit down and record four solo episodes in one day. Then we'll work these into their schedule where they fit. Or we'll hold them for a later date in case they run out of time to record a specific episode or like an interview gets canceled and they need to replace an upcoming episode with a different piece of content. Having this content bank, or at least encouraging one, is such a helpful component that I didn't foresee coming out of my own podcast hosting experience. And you know how that came about? Well, if you listened to last week's episode, I shared a little bit about how sometimes you just kind of need a break because I didn't have the capacity to produce my own show, but I also just didn't have the focus for a few weeks. Having a bank of episodes would have been phenomenal to me. Now, don't worry, that's in the works, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. So, If you haven't taken any time to run through your processes and client experience, make sure you set aside an hour this week just to look over it. Then I want you to set aside time in the coming weeks to go through your process as if you were your own client. What does that look like for you? How can you improve? And don't forget, if you're looking for a CRM to manage all of this for you, I recommend you give HoneyBook a try. 
head to the link in my show notes to get a free week plus 50% off your first year. And once you're signed up, I'd be happy to jump on a quick call with you to chat about how you can use it in your business to improve your client experience. Now, don't forget to stick around to the end of the episode to hear who I am cheering for this week. This has been another episode of the Clocking In Podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode and more at gaffincreative.com. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. If you love this episode, I'd be so honored if you'd leave me a review in the Apple Podcast app. Until next time, I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, Clocking Out. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around. This week, I am cheering for my dear friends and client, Natalie Frank, and the whole Natalie Frank team. I've worked for Natalie for a couple of years, and this last week, our team got to officially open up her Built to Belong book launch team applications. You've probably seen me post about this group of women on social media in the last couple of weeks, and I cannot wait to meet them all in person soon because we've only all met virtually. LaShonda Brown and Bree Pear have killed it on this launch team by making it so easy to be a part of it. To be on the team, you simply have to pre-order the book and fill out a form. Plus, pre-ordering gets you access to the digital copy today when you apply to be on the launch team. Additionally, I don't know if you know this, but until working on this book with Natalie, which is like one of the best books I've ever read, pre-orders help the author get noticed by retailers. So for first-time authors like Natalie, this is the key to landing on bestseller lists and to getting on the shelves of your favorite bookstores. So make sure you head over to nataliefrank.com book or the link in my show notes to pre-order and get your hands on the digital copy today. Plus, there are so many other cool things that will be happening between now and August 24th when the book officially launches. So you'll want to be on the pre-order list and be a part of this launch team. So join me this week in cheering for Natalie Frank, LaShonda Brown, and Brie Pear as we are celebrating the release of Built to Belong and the upcoming launch on August 24th.